Hello and welcome to episode 137 of the Redbox Report, the weekly movie podcast where we review the latest Blu-rays and DVD releases for Redbox. I'm your host Bob Fallon. And I'm your co-host Joel Fallon. And this week we got another doubleheader for you. Uh, we're going to talk about Love and Mercy, the Brian Wilson biopic, uh, frontman and songwriter of the Beach Boys. We'll talk about our top five John Cusack movies. Then we'll move on to a uh, comedy <laughs> called The Overnight. Yeah, probably. Uh, I don't know how to describe it because I had completely wrong preconceived notions <laughs> going into it. But we'll get into that. And uh, we'll touch on Cinderella a little bit just because we didn't get a chance to rewatch it, but I saw it in theaters, so I'd like to at least give it a little shout out here. Yeah. Well, let's start it off with Love and Mercy, which is, like I just said, the story of Brian Wilson. It stars Paul Dano, John Cusack, Elizabeth Banks, Paul Giamatti, and it's directed by Pil Polad. And it, it's kind of like an unconventional look at a biopic where it yeah. cuts the story in half. Uh, in the 60s, I think, or 70s? I think 60s. it's uh, through the ages a little yeah. bit with uh, Paul Daner's like Brian Wilson. in the past... two in... actors are Brian Wilson. Yeah, that's different. It's like in the past and then the more recent past. Yeah. But it's like 30 years apart, 40 years apart. I guess from the movie's perspective, it's the present. You yeah. know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And Paul Daner plays young Brian Wilson and John Cusack plays the current day... Uh, Brian Wilson. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's basically just his life story told in a very uh Yeah, it's sort of way. a biopic slash romantic comedy in a yeah. weird way. Yeah. It's like two movies, two different movies stitched together to actually make a cohesive different movie. Yeah. It's kind of weird. But what were your expectations coming in? Um, I hadn't heard too much about the movie except it was being made and some interviews with like the actors and I was generally interested in the Beach Boys Brian Wilson so I was excited to watch it but I didn't know what the movie was like yeah I was pretty similar I'd heard I didn't heard really a lot about it to be honest but what I had heard was pretty good and I'm not a big Beach Boys fan. Well, just haven't heard a ton of the music other than the obvious Kokomo, you know. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say I'm a big fan, but I know of them. And, yeah. Like, my stepdad liked them, so. I was definitely, like, I think this movie might be even better if you go in not knowing a whole lot. Like, I didn't know much about the Brian Wilson story. Like, what he meant to the Beach Boys, all that was kind of not in my wheelhouse. Yeah, I think... Uh, I probably knew more than the average person, but I was pretty vague on the details. I knew the general idea right. of what happened, but very vague. Yeah, and I, the music, to me, surprised me. I was surprised how much I really liked the Beach Boys music. Yeah. And Brian Wilson's music. Well, that's the whole thing he sort of fights for throughout the movie is what he's what comes to mind is their younger days, the surf kind of whatever music yeah and I wonder which came first was like the Kokomo or was that a Kokomo later was like way late like oh right in the yeah that's when they were a little or something like over that. the hill right yeah that was sort of like their comeback CD kind of <laughs> yeah. thing I guess but 
Now, like uh, that one album, Pet Sounds, it's that's considered by a lot of people yeah. one of the best composed CDs ever made. That's what basically the movie is about, the making of that CD. Yeah. It's kind of funny how them and like the Beatles, it's sort of similar. Like, they made a certain kind of music to get big, and then they... <laughs> yeah. Kind of transcended that to become actual musicians. Yeah. Yeah. And I really, I thought it was pretty awesome when there was that part when they like listened to a Beatles song and they're like, John took that from us. Yeah. But not in like a, they're pissed off way. Just like, that's really cool. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was pretty cool. Like a rivalry, friendly rivalry where they probably don't even know each other, but they know of each other and they're just seeing who can outdo the other one. Yeah. Uh, after they make, they make the one CD, they, it doesn't sell well. And they're like, well, Paul McCarthy said. Or whatever his name is, Paul McCartney. Yeah, uh, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> so, I forget what this song is. Something God... God Only Knows? Yeah, God Only Knows is the best written song ever made or something like that. So, yeah, yeah. it was cool seeing those reactions. Yeah, and like, when he was playing that for his dad, right? He didn't give him any response. He said it sucked. Yeah, his dad was an ass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, so, the... The music was the best part for me. I like this movie a lot, actually. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Um, I wish they would have stayed a little bit more on the Beach Boys. Yes. Especially when they were younger, because that was so interesting, and they kind of scorched through that. Yes. Um, I would agree. And as much as the love story may be true, I think it kind of took... Like, I kind of forgot this was a movie about Brian Wilson, even though he's the main character. Like... <laughs> I don't know. I thought it was a bit distracting. I thought it was kind of necessary, but yeah, it's it should have weird. been smaller. It's weird because I have such mixed opinions that are almost like contradictory in my own head. Yeah, like, I felt the same way. I really just wanted to focus on the 60s, like the younger Brian Wilson. That's the stuff I really enjoyed the most. And it's not that I didn't have interest in the present day Brian Wilson stuff, because that was pretty interesting with like the psychiatrist who's taking advantage of yeah. him and there's a lot of interesting stuff there but it's just such a different movie than the fun uh just interest i don't know i just was really into the 60s stuff so it really pulled me out of that when it would bounce back and forth yeah i agree like looking back i didn't feel like this when i watched the movie but those parts are actually really dragged out yeah and i don't know i think they should have been a little quicker it just kind of—it really distracted me. They're still well done. It's like the the John Cusack stuff and uh, Elizabeth Banks, it's well done. Yeah, it, and I liked it, but it just was so different from the Paul Dano stuff. Yeah, it's like I'm going to compare it to The Godfather Part Two, <laughs> <laughs> not favorably. Uh, in The Godfather Part Two, you're going from past to present with Al Pacino and Robert De Niro, but that works incredibly. Like. Yeah. You're itching to get back to the other one, and it's just like, it builds momentum off of itself. Yeah, you're excited about both parts. Yeah, and you're, exactly. But this, I felt like it was the opposite. Like, Yeah, I was waiting to get back to the 60s or 70s. I don't know how to describe it, but it's like, instead of the momentum building off of each other going back and forth, it was like killing the momentum back and forth. Like, yeah. I don't know how to describe it, but it just was different. It's Yeah, I feel like it was sort of like if a movie was a race, 
the racetrack had four stoplights on it. Like, once you got going, I don't know, yeah. that's the best way I can describe it. Once you got going, they slowed it down. And Yeah, I almost don't know if it was the... In some aspects, some of the scenes are the stronger, strongest acting, kind of. Just because, uh, more so because Paul... Giamatti? Uh, yeah. He was pretty good. Cusack, I don't know what he really could have done with the character, but he was... I don't know. He was distant. I mean, the guy was distant. He was kind of yeah, all messed up. Yeah, it's just so weird how they... The difference in how the actors play... And they don't it. look anything alike. They look nothing alike. They're not even acting alike. Yeah. Like, it's weird. It's their own unique takes on the character. Obviously, the time difference, but... I, I admire the effort in trying to do something different, because a biopic can be extremely predictable and boring. Yeah. And conventional. But in a, in a, in a way, this was conventional. It just was put together unconventionally, yeah. so to speak. I mean, I always no, think it might have been better to just do straight through sixties time jump. Then yeah, and done like a twenty whatever yeah. thing at the end. I totally agree. And John Cusack, I don't think he did bad in this movie, but I just don't think he was maybe the right person in general. Because I, one of the things I do know about Brian Wilson is he just he gained a lot of weight in that period of time. Yeah. So he didn't really look like that. He just looked like a different person that was disheveled. Yeah, and all I know is Paul Daniel was incredible. He was. He was. He's my, a great actor. He all he's so good at weird. Yeah. <laughs> he's always and he's the also weird real. guy. Yeah. Not like wacky. I don't even know what his real personality's like because <laughs> he's just so good at pulling off that weird but believable uh, personality. He's so good at it and. It, Especially here. Like, I love the scenes when when he's putting this album together. When the Beach Boys are on tour, yeah. he's just with, like, the house band. And he's just doing everything, like, I don't know, it just came to me. Yeah, I think you could do it. You yeah. could play it in two different keys. Can we get this? Let's give it a shot. Then he's got dogs and yeah. goats. And it all just works. But the way the, the filmmaking was really well done, because it just... Mixed it all together in a fun, entertaining way while showing his quirks and his personality. Yeah. Uh, one of the things I saw is that it's the actual studio that they made that album in. Really? Like, not a set. Like, they're That's shot awesome. in the actual studio, and it looks almost exactly the same. That's really cool, actually. Um, I just... it's The movie's really getting at creative genius. Like, what yeah. is it like to be a genius... When it comes to music or an art. And I guess... I don't know if all creative geniuses are like this, but... It just just came to him, naturally, it seems like. He didn't even have to... Yeah. Obviously, he was working hard, but... It was just something... It's just a gift. <laughs> it was almost like he was so untrained, or... Not saying he's literally untrained, but he was just... He could keep an open mind. Like, he didn't have preconceived like, things of what music should be. Yeah. Actually, one of my favorite scenes from the John Cusack part was when he's just sitting at the piano with Elizabeth Banks' character. And he's just like, here, I'm I'm playing this for you, or I came up with this for you. And it was just a really cool, sweet melody on the piano. And she's like, oh, what was that from? Oh, nothing. It just came in my head, and now it's gone. (laughs) It just came to me. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. It's hard to fathom that, because that doesn't happen to me. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe at first it was, like, he said he wasn't even sure if he was good. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. He thought he was, but he wasn't sure. 
Exactly, because everyone could think to. Yeah. You don't know until you test it. Because even people that know their stuff, or at least like uh, marketing or people that will buy you or sign you to a record, they don't know what's really good music. Yeah. They're just trying to They're figure just... out what's going to sell. Yeah, exactly. They're trying to hit a home run. Yeah, they don't know real genius. And I could say, at least based off this movie, Brian Wilson definitely was. Yeah, I'd <laughs> absolutely agree. But he also was a case of mental illness. Yeah, it's and kind it's, of a shame. Yeah, I don't know what was wrong with him exactly, but obviously something was going on there. It seemed like he had a lot of anxiety. I'm sure he had some issues, but that guy, he probably would have been a lot better if he wasn't treated. Yeah, and just his whole life. Like, his dad obviously yeah. treated him like shit. I think they were talking about abuse, physical abuse, obviously yeah. mental abuse. You'd be... Uh, I've seen some other things and he basically abused them and said he was new talent and then they just happened to kind of get popular like locally and he's like an agent or something yeah (laughs) that's what he says I sold the whole Beach Boys catalog for $750,000 without your knowledge (laughs) yeah and that actually that kind of works with again intertwining the John Cusack and Paul Danner stuff yeah the parallels between Paul Giamatti's character and his actual dad he was way more susceptible to that, probably, because... Yeah, he was probably so comfortable with... It. He almost probably felt better yeah, about having... he's used to this abusive, like, relationship. And John, uh, Paul Giamatti just feasting on the mentally weak. <laughs> yeah. It's a pretty terrible person. <laughs> he seems like kind of a, a pathological liar himself, though. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I've, I saw something where all those young kids that were always hanging out with... Uh, with Paul Giamatti and I'm Paul Giamatti. <laughs> I forget the doctor's name, but uh, and Brian Wilson were like the Manson family, or really? at least like the cult of the Manson mm-hmm. cult. Like that's who those young kids, those random young kids were that were always around. That's I crazy. Get where I saw that, <laughs> but that's I wouldn't be surprised. Um, I thought Paul Giamatti was good, but he was a little hammy. He was a yeah, little, I, a little I over the top. Him. He okay. can do that sometimes, but I still love him as an actor. Yeah. Um, let's see. Yeah, I guess I really liked that they focused so much on Brian Wilson, Brian Wilson, Brian Wilson, and you really get to know his character inside and out. The one thing is, I might, I think that comes at the cost of some of the other characters that could have been interesting. Yeah, I agree with that. Like uh, coming in, I thought it was more about the Beach Boys. Even though I guess I knew it was about Brian Wilson. Yeah. Which I ended up liking, but I agree with you. Like, other people in the band are just sort of there Mm -hmm. in a lot of parts. I would have liked to get down with more of that relationship with his cousin. Was it Mike? Yeah. Um, I forget his name. And even, like, one of the other guys had a decent amount of talking parts. They were actually some of my favorite parts. Yeah. Like, when they actually gave their opinion and talked to him. Yeah, just the... They seem to be the only people that actually knew him. Yeah. Like, the interaction of the band. Like, that was interesting to me. Like, what goes into the creative process? Like, what's the back and forth? Obviously, it can't just be all Brian doing every single thing with no fight back, you know? Yeah. You have to have their two cents. And I just, I liked seeing that. It was only a little bit in there, but... And I think that's another part of the Cusack part that takes away from the movie is... They have to tell this story like like you're in the dark. 
and it kind of doesn't let them show or explain enough at the same time. They kind of got to screen yeah, feature exactly. to keep that storyline going. Yeah, that's true. And Elizabeth Banks, I thought she was really good, actually. Yeah. She didn't have a ton to do. I didn't her, love her character, but I thought she did really well. Yeah, I would have it. liked to see them expand her character a little more, give her some more purpose than just yeah, she's, the I, savior role. You know? I feel like she was probably more important in real life than oh, yeah. kind of put out in I the have movie. to imagine, yeah. But I thought she did good with what she had. Powerful scene towards the end with her and G- Paul Giamatti, I thought. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they are married. Yeah. Oh, shit. I do remember seeing on the... Uh, it was Rolling Stone magazine. That's how it originally saw it. Anyway. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, I thought it was a very solid movie. I would recommend it. I would recommend it as well. Um, my score might not rec- uh, reflect that, but I think... Uh, are we doing scores? I'm sorry. Yeah, let's do it. Six and a half, but I love the movie. I just don't think it was the best movie in the world. Mm-hmm. I would totally recommend it, but I just I can't give it a high score. There's too many. If there was one thing that was wrong with the movie, I could have totally forgiven it. But yeah, every it was kind of a domino effect a little it's bit. It's like it was a mess, but it kind of fit. Yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoyed the movie. Yeah, but easy watch. Uh, enjoyed the heck out of it, but it was a bit of a mess. Yeah. It had some faults. I give it a seven and a half out of ten. All right, but like I said, definitely recommend it. I would compare. Uh, there was a biopic last year, the James Brown biopic, Get On Up. That was like an unconventional biopic uh, of James Brown, obviously. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and that was really good. Like, I would compare that to this like if we could get one of these unconventional biopics every year of a musical person I'd love it yeah (laughs) it's pretty cool alright well let's move on to the overnight alright this could be interesting I I'll start it off with expectations I I had never heard of this movie that's my expectations (laughs) (laughs) alright I talked about this director Patrick Bryce when I talked about the movie Creep, an episode or two ago. That mm-hmm. was straight to Netflix, uh, Mark Duplass, horror movie, um, found footage horror movie. And I remember at the time saying, yeah, this was pretty good, like solid directorial debut. I keep hearing how his second movie, The Overnight, is a lot better, it's way better. And I'm thinking it's a horror thriller. <laughs> it's a horror thriller. That's what keeps going in my head. Alright, and um, so I get home from work this last week, and my, I guess you, yeah, my father-in-law is watching my kids now. Um, my daughter was with my mother-in-law, actually, but my uh, two-month-old son was with my father-in-law in my house, and I got home from work, and this <laughs> movie was in from Netflix, so I'm like, alright, I'll just pop this horror thriller on while he's here. So I, I put it on and watched this entire movie with my father-in-law wow. and a baby. And it was an awkward experience. I could imagine. It was a bit awkward for me and I watched it alone. Yeah, so the movie is actually a sex comedy. Yeah. <laughs> but a weird one. Like, um, the movie is basically about this one new couple. Where did they just move? L.A.? Was it L.A.? Yeah, California. Yeah. I'm pretty sure Los Angeles. Uh, Adam Scott and Taylor Schilling moved to 
California with their young son. And they don't know anybody yet, but they're at a playground and they run into Jason Schwartzman. And he invites them, because he has a young son as well, he invites them over for a night where the kids can just hang out and they'll, the adults will hang out. And it turns into... Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Like, um, the, the couple they meet is trying to seduce them, yeah. basically. And it gets weird. It gets real weird. And I gotta say about this movie, like... I didn't really know anything about it. That's the vibe I got right in the beginning of the movie. And they almost try to, like, tiptoe... They almost try to lead you in a different direction throughout the movie. Like, this isn't... It's not going to be the obvious thing that you think or something. Yeah. And then, slowly but surely... Yeah. It's exactly what you expected it to be. <laughs> it's got an 82% on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, really? Yeah. Um... I'm start. I'm thinking like upon reflection. I, it has rose in my estimation a little bit. I think my viewing experience oh, is yeah. putting well, a damper on it. That. I could definitely see myself enjoying it more if it was the first time watch with just me and say I'm watching it, or <laughs> just me watching it. But um, so it's a comedy. Did you think it was funny? Yeah, not really. I thought there was moments. Yeah, there was a definitely laugh out loud moments, but it wasn't. Funny throughout. Yeah, for sure. It was hit or miss. It was kind of this like uncomfortable. Funny. Yes, exactly. I thought like some of the physical humor was the best. Yeah. It's like when uh, they're both like skinny dipping, <laughs> and Jason Schwartzman's jumping around with this monster yeah. <laughs> penis, and Adam Scott with this tiny one. It's just a weird dichotomy there. Uh, and then he's showing him his paintings. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what do you think it is? Uh, an asshole? You got it. <laughs> First guess. I'm, I'm impressed. And when uh, she's talking about how she's an actress. Yeah, exactly. And she's like, no, 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 no. I'll show you the tape. And it's a breastfeeding like instruction In, yeah. <laughs> video. That was pretty great. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's else? funny because there really are people that are like that. Yeah. Oblivious almost. I thought though, um Adam Scott and Taylor Schilling were pretty real. Yeah. Like I could relate to them at least more in the beginning of the movie. Yeah. Um, as far as being somewhere new, not knowing anybody and just like not knowing what to do. Like he bought brought this two dollar wine so he rips off <laughs> the label. <laughs> yeah. Uh Yeah. So I could put myself in their shoes. Like how they, they tried to go with the flow and be polite, but they weren't sure, like, what their lines were and if this is normal, you know? Yeah, basically this movie is about, like, what is the sexual and societal norms? <laughs> yeah. And of what's nudity, like, what's uh, what's normal and what's not? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, definitely... It's a hard one to describe. Yeah, it's a weird movie. Silly, slight... That's the first thing I wrote down. Weird movie. Decent <laughs> cast. <New> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The acting is good. I mean, it's well directed. You can tell it's shot cheaply on digital. Yeah. It doesn't look great. But it, it kind of fits what, the, uh, what it's going it's for. It's genuine but absurd. Almost home video type look to it. Yeah. They almost should have went more that way or mm -hmm. committed one way or the other. Yeah. I thought that... Um, 
it sets a turn pretty good from the opening scene of Adam Scott and Taylor Schilling having sex and then their son bursts in. <laughs> yeah. And there's a predictable scene at the end. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I saw it coming a mile away. Yeah, I was like, when or... <laughs> yeah. Um, but, um... I, I thought it was a brave movie to make. Very yeah. anti-mainstream. It was For sure. Rolled the dice. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I would have liked to seen more stuff that, like... It, they touch on it, but him being a stay-at-home dad versus the mom being a stay-at-home mom. Yeah. Um, more of just the parenting angle that it was it touched on a little bit. I thought it would have been more yeah, interesting I to get into more. Like, the kids being involved would have been more interesting rather than the whole night just being with them. I know what you mean, but that could have sounded bad. Um, <laughs> well, if they don't know what the movie's about, <laughs> yeah. you'll realize how bad that sounded afterwards. <laughs> but I know what you mean. Like, it's kind of weird how Jason Schwartzman is a good dad. Like, he's a good parent. Yeah, he's, he's just... amazing at getting the kids to go to sleep. Like, he's a good facilitator of relationships <laughs> to the extreme. Yeah, he's just like a little kooky. I would have liked to see more about like. The dichotomy between being just a normal looking good parent and then being a kind of a freak yeah. <laughs> when the kids are asleep. <laughs> but I mean, it wasn't bad. Yeah, it was alright. It was I mean, okay. I don't regret watching the movie. I can appreciate it for what it is, but. Yeah. I am surprised at how well it got reviewed. Yeah. Um, I don't know. My review, I'm kind of harsh on it, but. Uh, what do you got? Five and a half. Six out of ten for me. Yeah. Light six and a half, maybe. Um, I'd say it's a heavy five and a half, but it's nothing about Interesting that. movie, for sure. Yeah. Don't watch it with your uh, <laughs> father-in-law. No, I don't. Alone. It. it would have been one thing if, like... More people yeah. were involved. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> I kept, I'm like, at one point, like 70% through the movie, I'm like, I thought this was a horror thriller. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's not. late. I'm like, yeah, I gotta record. I got. I have to watch this for to review on the podcast. Like, I'm trying to put it on. Joel's off. adamant about it. <laughs> <laughs> got good reviews. I swear to God. Like, I'm just doing anything in my. Phone. I'm like half looking at the screen, pretending to look at my phone while I'm watching it, and trying not to make eye contact. Oh my God, no, I can't take. <laughs> so yeah, that's almost. Not as bad as the time I watched Don John with my mother-in-law and uh, her husband. Oh, interesting. Don John is uh, a movie about porn addiction. Yeah, I've seen uh, some of it. <laughs> and there's a ton of just porn and sex and nudity. And, and I'm the one that picked a movie to watch on New Year's Eve. Don't worry, my dad let me go with Charlie to see Species 2 in third grade. Nice. <laughs> I had no idea. That was the greatest movie I've ever seen. It's <laughs> top three. I've only seen the edited movie, uh, edited version on like Spike TV during the day. It might be the first movie that there might be more nudity than not nudity. Minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very interesting uh, experiences you can have with movies. Yeah. Or were you at Grandma's when uh, Uncle Mike brought used cars over? No, I wasn't there that night. <laughs> that was amazing. <laughs> I think I was like 10. And there was a bunch of us younger kids there. And he's like, 
Grandma, you're gonna love this movie. It's hilarious. And then next thing you know, it's like topless girls dancing on the cars at the used cars lot to get. So we open my had seen it before. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! I and thought Uncle it was Charlie, like, he didn't know. <laughs> Uncle Charlie was like pacing in the back because he knew it was coming. And he's like, "What are you thinking? <laughs> <laughs> what are you thinking, Mike?" <laughs> Unbelievable. That's classic. Good times. Classic family. <laughs> Absolutely. We never did our top five John Cusack movies, so let's switch gears <laughs> oh, yeah. and go back to that. Uh, by the way, Love and Mercy got 89% on Rotten Tomatoes. Really? Pretty good. Good yeah. for them. Yeah, for sure. But John Cusack, he's a guy that, he's almost like uh, Nicolas Cage for me. Yeah, he's he a can, budget star. He's, at least later on in his career, he's, show me the money, baby. I'll mm-hmm. do any bad movie you want to pay me to do. But when I look back at his older films, some of his more well-renowned, like he definitely could, was good when he yeah, wanted to be. Yeah, for sure. Um, but he does a lot of crap. <laughs> so. Yeah, he's sort of like the biggest C-list star, whatever list you want to put him in. Yeah. There is. <laughs> yeah, and he has similar hair to Nicolas Cage as well. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty terrible. Uh, what's your number five? My number five, Hot Tub Time Machine. The original? Yeah. <laughs> or the second. Or either one. I'll do it as a series. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's actually a pretty decent comedy, the first one anyway. Yeah. Didn't see the second one. Uh, he's just so milk toast in all, like, a lot of movies. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, he's yeah. almost like a Jason Bateman, you know. <laughs> yeah. Just always plays the straight guy for the most part when he's in a comedy or... He's very monotone, not like I'm one to talk, but <laughs> he uh, he's pretty much the same person, same character. Yeah. In every movie. Pretty much. Except for Love and Mercy. He was trying there. Yeah, I'll give him that. My number five is the classic romantic comedy from the 80s, Say Anything. The nice. iconic poster of him holding the boombox over his head outside the window of the girl's... Uh, a house. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's my number four actually. Really? Yes. Nice. Yeah. I just caught up with it like a couple years ago, and it was good. It lived up to the hype for the yeah. most part. Uh, I'd seen it. Yeah, probably about the same time a year or so ago again. I'd seen it a few times when I was younger. Yeah, it's got the guy from uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off in it. Yeah. That's probably a. That's piece. probably why I get them kind of mixed up. Yeah, Matthew Broderick and uh, John Cusack. Yeah, because the guy is the dad of the girl, right? Yeah. Yeah, and he's also the principal or whatever. <laughs> and around the same time as I watched Say Anything to catch up on the John Cusack classics, I also <laughs> watched High Fidelity as well, which is another... I've heard good things company. about that, but I've never actually seen it. I thought it was really good. Obviously, I liked it more than Say Anything, because <laughs> I ranked it higher. <laughs> but it's another romantic comedy... Uh, he plays a record store clerk, and he uses, like, top five lists of top five favorite Yeah, I've actually artists. seen bits and pieces of that movie now that I think of it, but it's, I've never seen yeah. the whole thing. It's pretty darn funny. Jack Black is in it. Um, but it's also just a solid romantic comedy as well. Nice. What's your number three? My well, number three, I gave The Love and Mercy. Nice. Honorable mention for me. Nice. Too Fresh. Yeah, well, 
Well, I'll tell you later. <laughs> okay. I was going to say my honorable mention. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Usually when it's a movie we're actually reviewing on the show, if it's close, I'll push it to honorable mention just because. Yeah, I generally try not to, but... Hey, if it is what it is, yep. that's what it is. That's what it is. <laughs> my number three is Identity. I don't know if you've seen it. No. It's kind of like a crime thriller. For real, not a sex comedy that I think is a crime thriller. <laughs> <laughs> it's about a guy who's a, in a mental asylum. And all of a sudden, there breaks out like this murder mystery. It's like, almost like Clue. Like there's these 12 people stuck in a certain area people start dying like these 12 people start dying one at a time and you're kind of like trying to figure out who the killer is oh, okay. and it's kind of got a twist at the end uh, I haven't seen it in a while but I remember really enjoying it at the time just thought it was good like a creative idea and pretty unpredictable that's cool I kind of like the concept of Clue and films that kind of ad- take that adaptation yeah so. I like that. I like movies that are, you're kind of in for the ride. Yeah, it's almost like, uh, I don't know, got a horror vibe to it, but definitely more of a thriller, just like a, yeah. like a whodunit. Yeah. <laughs> What's your number two? My number two is Being John Malkovich. That's my number one. Nice. I love that movie so much. It's been a long time since I've seen it, but I remember liking it a lot. I just watched it like a year or two ago. Really? Yeah. And it's... It's incredible. It Spike Jones is Comedy one of my Central. favorite directors. Oh, sorry. It's all right. It used to be on Comedy Central all the time, and then really? it come on, like, I guess, uncut for whatever reason, like, late, like, four in the morning or yeah. something, they would pick a movie. It's actually got a decent performance from, um, what's her face, from Something About Mary. Oh, yeah. Cameron Diaz. Yes. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that's when I really knew that John Cusack could act if he wanted to. Yeah. But Spike Jones is just such a creative director. Yeah. The way he combined like the puppetry with the actual person and yeah, just so many weird ideas that just were amazing. I thought, like he goes for the interview, right, and it's a room that's like half the size. Yeah. So he's always like with her. Did you see her? I haven't. I really want to. Though. It's awesome, and it's for similar way he directs it just like these weird awesome creative ideas and he just does these little twists and turns and also being John Malkovich is written by uh, Kaufman Charlie Kaufman oh okay who he's a genius writer he also did Adaptation which, oh, okay. which Spike Jones also directed and I, th- I love Spike Jones it's crazy how many things he's so good at He's sort of Brian Wilson. He just yeah. must just come there. Skateboard. Yeah, it's skateboarding, <laughs> jackass. Jeez, um, a bunch of stuff. Yeah, he's in uh, uh, Daft Punk. Like their first big song, he did their music video. Yeah, music videos. He's in uh, The Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah, <laughs> he's awesome. But he doesn't Crazy. look like it. No, he's, he looks he's like a weirdo skater guy. Goofball. Yeah. So, it's so cool. Yeah, that's my number one. My number two is your number one. Stand By Me. Nice. I knew it. Yeah. <laughs> Just a classic. It's, yeah, it's out timeless. Stephen King adaptation. It's got Will Wheaton, Corey Feldman, River Phoenix. Just... Yeah, one of those movies that it's crazy to see. Just 
one of the best coming of age movies, which is one of my favorite genres. It's actually. like the coming of age. Movie, yeah, you know, just I just love that genre. I guess because everybody always has that nostalgia, that yeah. reminiscent of their own coming of age. And there's so many ways to tell it. Yeah, so many ages. And although I guess I'd like to start seeing more. They do get played out. Don't get me wrong. It's always uh, white male. Yeah, <laughs> it's, you know, like there's this movie Pariah. Which is about a young lesbian black girl, and she's coming to age. Yeah, and that's awesome. Really? Awesome movie. Yeah, I, I'd like to see like coming of age from different perspectives. You know, not just the yeah. Same. I could relate more, obviously, to a young white male, but uh, you know, it's just I've cool. Just, to, that's what movies are for—to transport, yeah, to get different perspectives. So I don't understand why. Yeah, I feel you. I think it's coming more and more. Yeah, it's. Not overnight. Yeah, not as fast as it, it should, but... But once it catches... It should be good, yeah. Yeah. There's it'll, actually it'll go. a bit of news that shocked me. We'll, we'll get to it. Okay. <laughs> when we get to the news, but right. had kind of something to do with all that. But any honorable mentions? Uh, Con Air. Yeah, that is a fun movie. Yeah. I don't think it's great, but it's... It's an action. It's and a good it's ride. Nicolas Cage yeah. and him in the same <laughs> Yeah. The world is ripped apart. <laughs> I uh, got Love and Mercy, Gross Point Blank, which is uh, another one of the ones that I was catching up on a couple of years ago, where he plays like uh, an assassin who um, attends his like ten or twenty year high school reunion. It's just it's funny. It's, it's <laughs> sounds like, crazy. It's like an action comedy, and like he has a job and someone else has a job to kill him and it was interesting for sure uh, Eight Men Out when he plays uh, Jack Jackson with the the Black Sox scandal I don't know I heard of the Chicago Black Sox scandal Shoot, Sounds Joe cool. Jackson I think he plays uh, I watched it in school so that's a long time ago I don't know how well it holds up but I remember enjoying it what's that one called again Eight Men Out yeah, that, they like were that. banned from baseball for betting on on the games. Yeah, that's cool. And lastly, fourteen oh eight, which is a horror movie where he's this writer who who uh, writes about haunted hotels and mansions and houses and all this stuff. Like he'll go to the quote unquote haunted place and write about how it's a joke or like see what's really going on and all this stuff oh, he's okay. a debunker yeah, and he yeah. goes to the hotel room 1408 in this one hotel and it's because <laughs> it's batshit actually it's a pretty darn good horror movie really yeah definitely surprised me that's cool I think that's from like the mid 2000s but yeah that's my own religions nice alright well we'll get into what else we watched but I'll touch on Cinderella I didn't rewatch it but yeah. I did see it in theaters with my uh Wife and daughter at the time, and you said you caught a little bit of it. Yeah, a little bit of it. Uh, I I gotta say I liked the style. I actually, for what I saw, I really liked the presentation, how they did the fantasy. Yeah. Aspect of it. I I liked it a lot actually. I would recommend it. Seven and a half out of ten. I'll tell you up front. All right. <laughs> um, it's Disney live action retelling of Cinderella, and I think is pretty faithful. To the cartoon without going over the top. Uh, I thought they did a good job of balancing the realism of a live action version and still capturing the fantasy elements. 
Yeah. And the mystic, you know, magical realism, mysticalness of it. Um, I thought it was funny at times. Uh, it looked good. Like, yeah, the cinematography was really well done. Just the visual look of it, the costumes, the hair, the outfits. I'm not really into that stuff, but it was well done. There's no doubt. Yeah, either. for a movie like that, though, it's so important. Absolutely, yeah. That's what it's all about. And the acting was great. Lily James as Cinderella, I thought, was like... She's very charismatic. She had this yeah. presence about her that just drew your attention. And not in a any... creepy way. It was just like, you know... Yeah. Is she in anything else? I feel like she's in... Um, that Downton Abbey show, which I've uh, never seen, but okay. yeah. apparently she's in that. And Kate Blanchett was great as the, oh. the evil stepmother. <laughs> and so were actually the <laughs> so were the uh, the stepdaughters. I thought were good. Um, yeah, I don't know. It was a harmless movie, but it was just yeah, like, really well done. It. I think, especially for someone that's interested in it, like it, I think it's great. But for someone, like, I don't know, it's a good reason to, like, take your kids to see this, and then maybe they'll be more interested in watching the classic cartoon or yourself, you know. Yeah. It's a good reason to go back and watch the original, which was never one of my favorite, uh... But it... It's more for girls. A classic. But it's still good. There's no doubt about it. It's just not exactly up my alley, but very well done. Little Mermaid used to be my favorite movie for a long time, so I'll be up front. So. I'll be up front Beauty and the Beast so am I so nice <laughs> you know it's for everybody yeah don't Little is good too <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't know I was gonna say, oh, never mind alright moving on to what else we watched <laughs> what else did you watch I you think the only thing I got to watch was the uh, the Snowden documentary that you recommended uh, Citizen Four. Citizen Four, yeah. Pretty good, right? Yeah, crazy. Like I didn't know. I just so it's weird how the news gets bogged down. Like, I don't know. Like I don't even want to get too much into it because it's politics and all yeah. that. But it's weird how they can just twist information, and people think all kinds of stuff to this guy. Even I, I don't know. I didn't have preconceived notions of him. I figured a lot was probably. Making it worse than it sounded, or whatever. But honestly, after watching the movie, he's a hero. <laughs> yeah, you know, and the scene that is just an outright lie—they show like him saying something, giving his first-hand account, and then they cut to a scene of the president, like calling yeah. him like a traitor, traitor. And all this stuff, and he's like watching this, and like that's the thing that carries this movie is you're actually in the fucking room with this guy. As all this is going down, like, as he's watching them talk about him, like, and the whole lead up to that. Like, yeah. he knows what he he's about to do. And it's crazy, because they His know he's going to be him. in trouble, but yeah. I don't think they quite realized, like, yeah. how hard they were going to come at him. Actually, Glenn, Glenn Greenwald kind of was like, I think they're going to be completely irrational, and this, this, and that. And Just it's crazy that he knew they were going to go after his family, like, like, at least to look for him, like... yeah. He might not ever see his family again, but he, his patriotism is like... Yeah, it, it actually builds some anxiety because as they're talking, he's starting to like, real, like the phone rings and he's like, oh crap, like with these certain phones, he's yeah. like, you can just listen right in. 
Yeah. And then the alarm thing goes off like right after it. And it could have been a coincidence, but it's just, yeah. Yeah, the paranoia, it kind of gets to you. You can see why he would be paranoid. Yeah, obviously. I was starting to think they're listening to me just because I'm watching a movie. Which, they probably are, because the number they come up with is 1.1 million people. I bet you half of our uh, downloads are <laughs> They're definitely listening to us right now. We're speaking directly into the microphone and going to upload it to the internet. So. Better watch what we say. No. Uh, <laughs> it's just an incredible piece of journalism with yeah. the film, <laughs> honestly. It's me. I can't believe no one's kind of done it, honestly. Yeah. It. I mean, obviously... Punishment sucks. But. Yeah, it's it's interesting. That's all I can really say. Like, it's yeah. not again. It's not exactly my bag with that either because I'm not really into politics too much. I try to just watch reality shows and movies and kind of yeah. not get into the. I just feel things, like people don't debate anymore. They have they're stuck in their ways. They're stuck in their way. They don't want yeah. to hear. It. You're not going to change their mind, and they're going to think what they think anyway. So. Yeah. I'll put it this way. I keep my politics to myself. I, Even if someone says something I disagree with, I just don't even respond because it's not worth the trouble. Yeah, exactly. I, myself, honestly, am someone that I want to hear good reasons from all sides and make the determination on my own what I truly believe. Yeah, and even I if could, I disagree with you, yeah. I want to know why I exactly. disagree with you. And... But, I don't know, not a lot of people are yeah. like that. And... I'll even, like, if I hear three different viewpoints, I'll kind of meld them together to form my own thing. Like, yeah. don't have to just, oh, I agree with this person. You know, I can see, like, oh, I see what they're saying about this. But Things aren't so black and white. Exactly. Yeah. You know, you got to live in a world of gray. That's why Breaking Bad is the... We'll get into that next week. We'll be <laughs> yeah. doing top five dramas on TV. All right, let's see. I watched some stuff. All right. Have you watched Gone Girl? Um, Girl. Um, ben Affleck Almost all of it Oh you still haven't seen the whole thing? I know what happens at this yeah. point but David Fincher It was my number two movie of last year uh, I can it, agree with that It held up five. It held up 9.5 out of 10 Wow It's in my top 100 of all time in The second half of that But still I... I just think it's, and I appreciated it more the second time, actually. Like, there were some things I caught on to that I didn't the first time. Oh, yeah. Because you kind of know what to look for yeah, a little bit. Yeah, exactly. And, like, not a spoiler or anything, but the very, one of the very first scenes, it's uh, Ben Affleck going to his bar where his sister is bartending, and he, I guess he always brings a board game or whatever. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. And the board game he gives her is uh, Mastermind. Huh. I just thought that was an inc- awesome little touch. Like, yeah. Because it kind of... Is he the master like, it, of this whole yeah. ordeal? Like, I don't know. There's just little things like that throughout the movie. See, that makes me want to get back and watch it again. Because my review from what I saw was not going to be quite as high, even though I enjoyed it. So just, David Fincher's attention to detail is ridiculous. And he's definitely one of my favorite directors. I I don't know. I just love the twist in the movie. I love... The acting, the way it looks, just it's so clever. It's really funny as well. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's a hilarious it really movie. Which you wouldn't expect. From yeah, that threw me off a little bit at first. Not quite in a bad yeah. way, but just surprising-wise. Yeah, it's a, I think it's a great companion to The Social Network, which he also directed. 
Just has a similar visual flair. Um, yeah. But yeah, held up completely. So I was glad that that happened. Sweet. I watched Farrell Takes the Field. It's a little HBO special documentary thing where Will Farrell, um, this spring, in a spring training for the baseball teams, he played for, he played 10 different positions or for uh, six different teams or whatever it was, you know, <laughs> he, in one day. Uh, and it was just a documentary on that experience with him being his funny self, you know. Yeah. Um, it was all right. I mean... It was. I'm glad I watched it. It was just a what good to be expected. Time passer, but yeah, it's exactly what it sounds like. Yeah, it's funny at times. It's also very slight. It's just <laughs> it is what it is. I don't even know why it had to be made into a documentary, but hey, it was worth a watch. It's probably the only reason they did the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. So HBO six out of ten for me. I watched Welcome to Me on Netflix, which is. Kristen Wiig, little Sundance indie uh, starring Kristen Wiig, where she is a mentally ill person. I don't know exactly what her illness is, but she wins the lottery. She wins like $100 million or whatever. Sweet. And then she goes to like a public, one of those television stations, public access. Oh, yeah, yeah. And she like pays them ridiculous amounts of money to have her in talk show, like daily talk show. I thought it's interesting premise. Kristen Wiig's funny, but That's it, it wasn't very good. Yeah, it had some moments, but overall it was pretty boring. Did you so, hear about Stephen Colbert doing it a few months ago? No, he just unannounced took over a public access show in Michigan, became the host for the day, and he really? in- interviewed Eminem. <laughs> There's only like three counties that got the channel or something like that. That's it's on the awesome. internet at this point. This so. is a viral now. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. I have to check that out. Uh, I give Welcome to Me a 5 out of 10. Sorry about that. No, no, I love it. I love the interjections. Uh, Maps to the Stars, I watched. David Cronenberg directed, starring uh, John Cusack. <laughs> uh, Johnny Q. Robert Pattinson, uh, Mia Wasikowska, Julianne Moore. Pretty good cast. Yeah. It's a... Uh, not a great movie, in my opinion. <laughs> it's a Hollywood parody, basically. Just a send-up of Hollywood about how it's an incestual um, industry and and there's no originality, which, I mean, probably true in good points. Yeah. And how it's a weird town, but... Too cynical. Just, not even that, it just wasn't entertaining nah, it wasn't fun to watch to me it's got decent reviews and people liked it but I just it's three in a row now Cronenberg has swung and missed on for me M9 he did Cosmopolis did you see that Mm-mm. again like this there's the acting is good it's well made there are some interesting ideas but for me it just swung and missed completely yeah. it's fucked up which I usually like but in this case, it just was not working. Same with Cosmopolis. That was Robert Pattinson. Weird movie where he's in a limo the whole time. and it's just. Uh, that, my brother, I saw a little bit of that movie. I don't know. I hated that movie. I didn't see enough to really make a judgment of it. <laughs> yeah. I was just kind of standing in, in the room, but, but again, great acting, well made. Interesting ideas, <laughs> but just didn't work. And again, his... 
third movie from this one, uh, A Dangerous Method, which, which was uh, Keira Knightley, Viggo Mortensen, and I think Hugh Jackman. <sighs> Might not be Hugh Jackman, but about uh, Sigmund Fro- uh, the the, <laughs> the psychiatrist. The psychiatrist. Sigmund, Sigmund Freud or whatever. Yeah. I'm getting... On Big Brother, uh, one of the stupid twins got... <laughs> mixed up with the psychiatrist and, and the, the uh, yeah <laughs> so now I am every time <laughs> I think about it but yeah that was like same thing good acting well made blah 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 but just boring and didn't like it wow but before that he made a history of violence and eastern promises two movies wow. that I love so I I don't know what to make of maybe it maybe he's like at the crime like I don't know if he's just like lost it like he's getting older he's over the hill if he's maybe he's just, just getting paid so much he doesn't give a shit anymore I don't know I don't <laughs> think I think he's just this stuff is what he wants to do I'm not sure what's going on but uh because he's made movies like Eastern Promises and History of Violence I continue to give him a try every time <laughs> <laughs> I'm just losing faith bit by bit so 5 out of 10 for that as well and the last movie that I watched was What We Did on Our Holiday, which is a British comedy, family comedy. I've seen the cover really? of this. Yeah. Got the review copy in from Lionsgate. Holla at your boys. Appreciate you. that. <laughs> watched it today on my day off. Um, it was pretty good. I mean, it was decent. It was funny. I would. Com- I saw this and it makes perfect sense. Um <laughs> It's basically a BBC sitcom extended to 90 minutes. Like a good BBC sitcom extended to 90 minutes. All right. So it just, it felt like it's overly long. It felt overly long for what it was. But, well, yeah, like watchable and definitely was chuckling to myself every once in a while. <laughs> I thought it was pretty good. You I always know. feel about those kinds of things. Like, I'm bored. I sort of want to change it, but... I just can't kind of stop watching it for some yeah. reason. It's like I have this thing where even if I hate a movie with a passion, have no interest in bored out of my mind, I will sit there and watch the whole thing in agony, like <laughs> getting frustrated, getting like it's not healthy. I don't know. <laughs> I can't just turn a movie off. And torture myself. Yeah, like I start I'll even pause like I'm hating a movie. I'm halfway through, I'm falling asleep, I'll pause it and finish the other half the next day. But, <laughs> gotta uh, come back. I gotta just that. let it go sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, six and a half out of ten. I mean, it's slight. I keep, that's the word of the day for me. Slight. Yep. Vocabulary word. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I always pick one for every episode and continue to use it. That's, <laughs> that's this week's. Because uh, that's what it was. Slight. Yes. <laughs> And I watched a couple TV things real quick. Right. Uh, new Ultimate Fighter started season 22. What's the, what's the uh, catch? USA versus Europe. Conor McGregor is the coach of the Europeans. Uriah Faber is the coach of the Americans. They're not going to fight at the end of it. Okay. They're just, uh, you know. Are they the same weight class or anything like that? Um, Faber, uh, McGregor is 145. Faber used to fight at 145. Now he's kind of bouncing back and forth between 135 and 145. So they could. Okay. If they really wanted to. But I think they're just at different points of their careers. Yeah. Faber's a guy that can beat anybody except the champ. And 
Conor McGregor is the interim champion, just beat Chad Mendes, who is Faber's teammate and better version of Uri Faber. Who's uh, the champion or the other? Jose Aldo is uh, the real champ, yeah, but yeah. he was hurt, so they did interim, and now in December, it's going to be Jose Aldo versus Conor McGregor, which will probably be the biggest fight in UFC history. Wow. Yeah. Just hype-wise, because they were supposed to fight in July, got canceled, so uh, now it's yeah, even more. That, I remember that now. Yeah, it's pretty close to the fight too. I'm fucking it? pumped, <laughs> and this is genius on the UFC's part to put McGregor in this coaching role because he'll be on TV every week oh, yeah. from September to December, and then immediately it's his big fight right after that. So wow. pretty smart move on their part. It just makes me think they uh, faked the, the whole injury thing in the first place, but that doesn't make any sense. Uh, but it's a decent it's the ultimate fighter it's the same every single season yeah I hate it but I watch it <laughs> it's a it's not a good TV show but I like the fights you know and yeah, I just I like to myself. I need to keep up with the names because they're eventually going to be fighting in the UFC when I actually care about what they're doing so just yeah. to have a familiarity it's definitely like a background show I'll definitely be doing definitely 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 be doing other things <laughs> definitely slightly <laughs> Like, um, sound like freaking uh, Rain Man. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing I watched was uh, Project Greenlight on HBO. I've heard of that. What is it? it? It started in like the early 2000s. Matt Damon and Ben Affleck are producers, and they pick a person to create a film for HBO Films, and it basically just documents the whole process. Oh, okay. But they're bringing it back, like. So many years later, 10, 12 years later after it went off the air. Um, so, yeah, Ben Affleck, Matt Damon, and a bunch of other people, like uh, producers and stuff, they they had a contest. The whole first episode was this contest where um, so many directors submitted sh- their shorts and, and they narrowed down the field. In 40 minutes, they picked who the winner of the contest was and who's going to direct this comedy that's coming out. I guess I don't know if if the movie's going to come out like at the end of the series or if it's going to just be later on. I don't know. But this guy Jason, this director, Jason won the the contest. He's this real skinny British-looking guy, but I don't think he's British. <laughs> Pretentious, like, very, oh, but God. very very talented filmmaker. And it was it's just really. And I've actually watched the second episode today where they kind of went. Yeah, he wants to shoot on film. But the producer, one producer is like saying, nope, film is a no-go. You have to shoot digital. But he's like one of these guys that wants to go old school. Yeah. Um, and he, he uh, instead of doing the movie that he won to make, he wants to just do his own movie instead. He yeah, has okay, a script. Yeah. <laughs> but it actually ends up working out. It, it's really interesting. It's like, look at how it all works, like behind the scenes. It's more of... The production angle than the making of at least uh, so okay. far. That's cool. Yeah, it is really cool actually. And shit, what was I gonna say before I went off on a tangent? Anyway, <laughs> it's just a, it's a cool show. It reminds me of uh, actually the other HBO show, Hard Knocks, like the tra- the one where they document yeah. the training camp, but except for a film. You know, I thought it was really cool. It's cool. Um, and I talked about the comic book Ex Machina. Here's my five uh, trade paperbacks, 50 issues. I finished it. <laughs> it's awesome. Is it's, it? It's really good. Definitely. I would love to see a movie version of it. Uh, 
at one point it was optioned for as a film, but I don't think it's in development anymore. Uh, Hopefully, one day it will be. The superhero politician, <laughs> very realistic, but also not at times. But in the in the best way possible. It's a great comic book. Yeah, if you're into that. All right, <clears throat> time for the news. What's going on in the world? All right, let's talk about last weekend's box office first. The Perfect Guy was number one, which was the. Um, the all black cast, like romantic. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Twenty six point seven million for first place, wow. which was pretty good. Like we were saying, just give them the movies, yeah, and they will be there because there are more than one type of audience out there. And the visit was second, right behind it with twenty five point seven million, which was the M Night Shyamalan yeah, horror yeah. Uh, comeback. Sure, which got, yeah, exactly. <laughs> got decent reviews. Um, it's actually the first time ever that two movies opening in September in the same weekend had more than $25 million. Wow, really? Yeah, which is kind of weird. I'm going to figure it out. September some... is generally a terrible month for movies. Yeah, it's in between the season, or movie seasons. Yeah. At least that's what I heard. If it's wrong, so sue me. <laughs> Send us an email. Most stats are fake anyway. Billy is such a stickler. I'm sure he'll let me know if that's the case or not. <laughs> 90, 90 minutes in heaven made 2.1 million Woo. <laughs> and to get to actual news the Emmys were last night did you see any of these results no which I, is I the didn't even know TV, last night. TV version of the Oscars essentially you know the awards the big award show for television yeah best drama series went to and the winner is <laughs> Game of Thrones yeah well, Which kind of pisses me off. Why? <laughs> because it's the first time it's won this for its oh, worst yeah. season <laughs> Yeah, well, of all seasons to win. They just waited for the most popular. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I just hope it doesn't send the wrong message to the creators of Game of Thrones. They're like, oh, this is what we got to do more of. Yeah, I don't think. I they don't, don't think seem so. like they're such yeah. guys. But it's already in production for the next season. They're so cynical. Like, it's. Like, Game of Thrones is probably almost too popular and successful to give them the award yeah. before and now. Yeah. And I don't think the Emmys are like the Oscars in that way. Like, the yeah. Oscars, like, if something wins an Oscar, you can bet your bottom dollar that you're going to see more of that. Yeah. You know, so, I don't know. Best comedy series went to Veep on HBO. Which I didn't is, know it was still on. Yeah. I think it's its fourth season. I, I enjoyed the first season. I still have first I've season. seen the it's first. Okay, but... It, yeah, I thought it was pretty funny. I think it gets better because I've seen the first two and a half seasons. Okay. It's definitely a very funny show. I love that they went to Camden Yards in the first season as well. Do you remember nice. You don't yeah. remember that? No. Nah. Even had cameos of a player. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. yeah. That was cool. Appreciate that, of course. Uh, best actor in a drama, John Hamm from Mad Men. It's the first... Time he's won the award, even though it's been one of the best shows on television for really? the past eight years. I could have sworn he already did. Mad Men won a bunch in the past, but none of the actors in the show have ever won. Well, I wasn't going to agree with that, but if that's the case, he probably does deserve. I agree with you 100. percent I love Mad Men. Okay. I do too. I just uh, last season was okay. Yeah, true. Wasn't its best season. Yeah, it's sort of like Game of Thrones. Yeah. Situation. <laughs> Well, I don't think it was its worst. It was just tough because it was yeah, only yeah. seven episodes. I, I agree with you. Know? you. 
I think if you would have took the seven episodes from the season before, like how they split it in half, combine yeah. it together, probably would have worked a little bit more. And here's the thing I was surprised at. Uh, best actress for a drama is Viola Davis for How to Get Away with Murder. Never heard it. It's a television show. <laughs> no, I figured that. <laughs> television show. How to Get Away with Murder. Uh-huh. But she's the first black woman to win Best Actress at the Emmys. Are you serious? That's insane. 2015. That is... In, I could not believe that when I heard that. And she... I only heard a snippet of her speech, but she said, it's hard to win when there's no roles. <laughs> you know? And that's... Yeah, well... Exactly right. Like, you gotta get, have the good roles in order to win. You gotta be... Look at Samuel Jackson. He had to be a character guy his whole career. In, in a different time than even now. Yeah. It's that... I just... That's insane. Yeah. But good for her, man. Angry. Good for her. But she broke the barrier, and hopefully it's just a normal thing where... Just, you know... Yeah, it seems like once you cross the line... Yeah. Or whatever you want to, you know what I mean? Yeah. The threshold. Yeah. Anyway, equality, woohoo. Yeah. Best actor in a comedy, Jeffrey Tambor for Transparent. The Amazon series about transgender, like a dad. Oh, uh, I guess I had, yeah, I remember. I, hear, I keep hearing it's great, I just don't have Amazon Prime. Yeah. And I can't afford to right now, so one day I'll catch up on it. I tried it once, I mean. I like their movie selection, but there wasn't enough, like, original stuff yeah. to make me want it. I don't order enough. Like, if I ordered stuff off Amazon all the time, it'd be definitely worth it for yeah. the shipping alone. But it's just not really yeah. working out for me. And the best actress in a comedy is Julia Louis-Dreyfus for Veep. It's her fourth or fifth year in a row she's won. Wow. Four, obviously, because there's four seasons of the show. But she is great in that show. I mean, she's, what can you say? I like her. Oh, and Veep broke Modern Family's five-year run of winning Best Comedy Series. Really? If Modern Family would have won, it would have been in first place by itself with six years in a row, which is crazy. I mean, I, I like the first couple seasons of Modern Family, but it doesn't deserve all that. Wow. It kind of fell off third season I stopped watching. Really? Yeah. I remember it being super popular at first. And it's just, yeah, it I was really good it got in worse. the beginning. Yeah, it's just hard for the sitcom to keep the premise going. For yeah. so long, you, know? you kind of run out of the creative juice. You got to be different, but not exactly the same. Yeah, but then if you're too yeah, if you're too different, then you alienate your audience. But if you stay the same, you alienate your audience. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger is going to replace Donald Trump in the on the Celebrity Apprentice. He's the new host. Oh. Is he going to terminate people? <laughs> yeah, but you've been terminated. You won't be back. Take your pick. <laughs> <laughs> um, hasta la vista, baby. <laughs> God, I hope that. I love The Celebrity Apprentice. I was kind of sad when Donald Trump was fired. Yeah, was... when he was fired. And uh, I'm super pumped that Arnold... He I was think, fired? Yeah, NBC let him go. Yeah, I was sad when he decided to run for president. Well, yeah, that's <laughs> that's more than sad. That's horrifying. Uh, but Arnold Schwarzenegger is the perfect pick to replace him. It just makes so much sense. It's a guy that's going to take himself too seriously, but the show is definitely going to yeah. not take seriously. It's it's great, and they're going to move everything from New York to L.A. 
I'm just glad the show will be around. I think he'll be able to get some pretty solid celebrities, maybe even better than Trump was able to get. That's cool. You're not a fan of the show? No, I'm not a fan. <laughs> I, don't, I don't really watch too much TV in the first place, but... Especially reality TV. <laughs> yeah, I do. No. Certain reality I do like, I find enjoyable, but generally not the show, the game show reality. That's my, that's my bag. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, they're making a King Kong vs. Godzilla movie, which will come out after King Kong, Skull Island, and Godzilla 2. Oh. So they're thinking way ahead here. Yeah. I think they've made these in the past. Like, yeah, cheap. I think so. Yeah. What did you think of Godzilla? Did you ever see it? The new one? Um, I can't remember if I watched it all the way through. My thoughts were that when it's Godzilla on the screen, it's amazing. When he's not on the screen, which is a lot, it's not very great. Yeah, I don't think I did see all of it, but I I saw a good portion of it. And I remember, yeah, the movie wasn't at all what I thought it would be yeah. in terms of... All it had that. a lot going for it. I just, it was very patchy to me. Yeah, it makes me hopeful that the second one might be better. Yeah, like if they learn from it. But yeah, I could see that. I don't know about the King Kong stuff. Yeah. But uh, I mean, I'm down to see King Kong fight Godzilla. Why the hell not? Yeah. Definitely better than the Mayweather Pacquiao fight. <laughs> yeah. Less running away from each other. <laughs> Clinching. Yeah. Uh, Michael Baker returned for Transformers 5. Yeah. Woo! Thank God. Another movie I don't want to see. No. I just wish... Why does it make so much money? And they're going to make an animated prequel as well. Which I could get behind more than yeah, the, the sequels. But who knows. Brian Singer is going to direct 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. Which interests me. Yeah, I, I like that. Uh, I like everything that has to do with all the adaptations I've ever seen. I've liked. Yeah, and I like Brian Singer. Uh, accusations aside, <laughs> on his uh, court case or whatever, I don't know what's going on with that. But yeah. as far as the movies he's made, the X Men movies that he's made were really good. Uh, I liked Valkyrie, Superman Returns, not so much, but. So I like Superman. <clears throat> Returns a little bit better. Probably. Really? And what's that movie with Kevin Spacey? Uh, the Usual Suspects. Yeah. That's a very good movie. So, it's uh, 20,000 Leagues on the Sea. Interesting property and an interesting director to bring it to light. So that's cool. Def Jam movie is going to be made. Along the heels of Straight Outta Compton. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> it had success, so we're going to see a bunch of hip-hop. <laughs> Although I am more interested fighters. in... The East Coast rappers and stuff like that than I am of necessarily NWA. I'm clueless on all of it, so I'm interested in all of it. Sweet. <laughs> What's who? What is Def Jam? Who's Def Jam is more of like a like Jay Z and the Wu Tang Clan. Okay. And, and oh, okay. Yeah. Probably Biggie will be a part of it. I don't know if they're all necessarily actually Def Jam, but. That world of people. Yeah. See, I never listened to rap until I was like a little bit older. So yeah, I'm definitely. I kind of wish I would have because I. Yeah, I was. I like what I've heard. You know, sometimes. I was the same way. I mean, everyone always Charlie, our older cousins always said rap sucked or whatever. Yeah, it whatever. did not. Yeah. 
Yeah, you're little. You know. Of course, Eminem is what got me into it. But uh, yeah, typical white boy. Yep. <laughs> but I like Notorious that movie. Yeah, it shared me a lot of uh, B.I.G.'s music, which was pretty awesome. Yeah. So uh, Michael B. Jordan and Jonah Hill are uh, apparently going to be starring in the Def Jam movie. Uh, Jonah Hill is be playing Jay Z. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I don't know. He's probably, I don't know what he's going to be playing. But. Blackface. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Talk about setting it back. <laughs> Pacific Rim 2 has been put on hold indefinitely. I think I heard it, that actually. And I'm okay with that. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't really like Pacific Rim that much anyway, so whatever. What is? No skin off my back. <laughs> Last bit of news Darren Aronofsky is rumored to make Evil Knievel biopic with Channing Tatum as Evil Knievel. I could see that fitting him, or Darren Aronofsky, or whatever, with kind of reminiscent of the wrestler, maybe. But You know this isn't going to be conventional. No. Not oh, no. <laughs> yeah. I think Channing Tatum, when he's given the right material, with the right director, can be great. I agree with you, but he can also <laughs> yeah. be led astray. I'm psyched if this happens. I I'm just, not super interested in Evil Knievel, but I think it'd be a good movie with the people involved. Yeah. All you had to say was, <laughs> Darren Aronofsky is going to be directing. And I'm yeah. like, yeah. I'm sold, psyched, <laughs> love it. You're Can't my wait. Schedule. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. He's, he's one of my favorites for sure. All right, pre-judgment day. We only got two uh, movie trailers this week. I don't know what was going on out there in the world, but it was lacking. First, we watched the international trailer of The Good Dinosaur. Yeah. We already touched on the teaser for the U.S. version, but this one had the first voice cast appearance of uh, to show that the dinosaurs are actually going to talk, which, of course, they were. Yeah, it's a talkie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What did you expect? Silent movie? No. If they couldn't do it with Wally, they couldn't commit all the way, they're not going to do it with the good dinosaur. No, I don't. This movie's going to be average at best, I think. I, and it doesn't appeal to me. Yeah. Yeah, although I got to say, the effects and all look a lot better in the teaser. Yeah, they look good. They look good. So. Um, but yeah, I don't have any desire. It's Pixar's Ice Age, like I said last time. I'll see it in theaters because I have a four-year-old daughter, <laughs> but uh, I'm not that excited. Yep. I'll give it a seven out of ten. Uh, a little less than that, six and a half. All right. And the other one was The Jungle Book, the live-action slash CGI version of The Jungle Book uh, from Disney, um, The Directed by John Favreau, who did Iron Man and Swingers. Yeah. In a wide assortment of movies. <laughs> um, I thought it looked great. I thought it looked amazing. Visually, looked awesome. Yeah, I was not sure about this whole concept. <laughs> yeah, I love the animated movie. It's yeah, a classic. Absolute classic. Uh, I hope they keep Bare Necessities. There was a hint <laughs> of it at the end, so I think they will. My only thing is, with the photorealistic... Uh, animals. What's it going to look like with them talking the whole time? Yeah, I mean, it worked with end. yeah with what they showed. It worked with Scarlett Johansson as uh, the snake. Um, 
Yeah, but I'm iffy on how that'll apply to the other animals. Yeah. The snake kind of makes interesting. more sense. I guess, though, I'm sure they'll have another trailer before it comes out where they give more examples of that. Yeah. Cause, uh, I hope so, at yeah. least. But as far as just as a conceptual teaser, I was sold. I'll be there. It looked like they're going in the, the Rise of the Planet of the Apes uh, yeah, direction. Yeah, definitely was reminiscent of that style, for sure. Mm-hmm. And the it, only thing is, I think if they don't release a trailer that shows more talking, that's a bad sign. Yeah, it probably is. <laughs> apparently, this is one of two live-action Jungle Book adaptations coming out next Why? year. Why? Well, one is from Disney, and one isn't. Oh, uh, okay. So, I, I thought know. I just assumed Disney like owned. The I don't know stuff. anything about the other one, but I have, I can't imagine it being looking too much better than this. No. It, it's got to be completely different. Yeah. You know? And we keep ragging on these uh, live-action Disney adaptations, but just gave a good review to Cinderella, saying how good the Jungle Book looks. Maybe, yeah, maybe they're onto something. <laughs> Do you remember the live-action Jungle Book movie from the 90s? No. Where the animals didn't talk, and... <laughs> Oh, Mowgli. Yeah, Mowgli was played by Liu Kang, the guy who played yeah. Liu Kang in Mortal Kombat. I do Kombat. remember that now. So bad. I think I liked it at the time, but I was like but, six. Yeah. So. I think I was thinking of uh, something stupid like Tarzan or George of the Jungle or something yeah. dumb like that oh at first. <laughs> but yeah, I'll give it an 8 out of 10 right now. Yeah, 8 and a half. Nice. Yeah. Sweet. I thought it looked awesome. And in theaters, well, <laughs> this past weekend, <laughs> um, Black Mass, your first pick. Oh, Not yeah. your first pick, but your first one to be released in theaters. Yeah. For the fall box office draft, $23.5 million. Not too shabby. I'm pretty about to solid. Donate to that cause. <laughs> nice. That's pretty good for September uh, gangster movie. Yeah. You got a 75% on Rotten Tomatoes, which, again, pretty solid. My, uh, by the way, they did a really cool interview with the director on Vice.com yeah. or whatever. If you're on board, it's worth watching, I think. Nice. It's cool. What's the director? Oh, the guy, Scott I, Cooper. I don't know. Yeah. I think Scott Cooper. He did Crazy Heart and um, the Christian Bale movie, which I didn't care for that much. Um, yeah. Uh, but I, I've heard mixed things about Black Mass. I... I've heard like some people not like it at all. Some people say it's really good with great performances. I'm still interested no matter what. Yeah. But um, the Maze Runner sequel, The Scorch Trials, came out. This is my pick. Uh, made thirty million, but it's obviously going to have a bigger budget than yeah. Black Mask. Yeah. Got decent reviews though. Fifty percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Really? Yeah. Uh, a couple, I've read two reviews and they gave it slightly above average. I did see. Like earlier on, it was at like seventy, and then it kind of yeah, that's came, about what I saw. It came down when I just checked it before the show, but I don't know. I thought the first one was decent. I did kind of think that it wasn't going to make huge money, and it didn't. But thirty million is decent. It might have good legs. I don't know. Yeah, you never know. It was worth the shot, but uh, <laughs> you win some, you lose some. It's also, more about not losing, <laughs> whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. Money. Exactly. I just have to break even at least. Um, Everest came out. I think you have that. The, yeah, I think so. The uh, Avalanche movie. <laughs> or the Mount, Everest. Yeah. Mount, uh, Mount Everest. Um, 
disaster movie. Made seven and a half million with pretty limited release. That's pretty good. I think Sweet. it's. I think it's. I mean, it wasn't super limited, but I think it's going to have more theaters this weekend. Seventy-three percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Actually, I heard one person say exhilarating, amazing, final twenty minutes, incredible. Like, wow, heard some good things. So, also in in very limited release, Sicario came out. Which is the Emily Blunt, Benicio Del Toro. Oh, yeah. Dennis this, I thought it looked pretty good. I think it looks awesome. It was one of my most anticipated. It's 89% on Rotten Tomatoes. And made a really good 390000 in very limited release. And it, it expands in like a week or two. Wow. So might do pretty well. Not, I don't know if either of us took it. But I wish I did, kind of. I thought one of us did. Trying to search. No. Yeah, because I remember I thought it looked good, but I didn't think it would be successful. Yeah, exactly. And lastly, Pawn Sacrifice, also a very limited release. The Tobey Maguire, um, Bobby Fischer movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. uh, Made 200,000 in limited release and is at 78% on Rotten Tomatoes. Hmm. So a lot of movies this past weekend that I was. I didn't really realize that many movies seeing. came out. Like, yeah, I guess because some of them are limited and then they're going to expand. So oh yeah, well, yeah, that's true. I just, I probably could have waited till they were more nationwide, but I, I probably would have forgot. So that's why I mentioned them as soon as I could see it. Yeah, that must be. I was surprised to see Black Mass's uh, review when I did. It was about maybe the Monday before Friday or whatever. Mm-hmm. It must have been because of that. Whitey Bulger. Whitey Bulger. <laughs> <laughs> On Redbox next week, Mad Max Fury Road hits the box. And uh, as you know, go get it immediately. Fury Road all the way there. <laughs> Rent it and don't return it. Just keep that shit. <laughs> uh, in Seattle, they did a promotion for it where they had Uber people pick people up in those cars. Oh, really? Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> But yeah, we reviewed it a few episodes back, actually, to be exact. I'll give you the episode. I believe it's 133. And it wasn't. It's 135. So <laughs> <laughs> go back and check that out. I really enjoyed that review. thought we'd, we had a nice uh, episode there. Yeah. Um, but since we already reviewed it, we're going to instead do something a little different. But not that different, because we did something similar not too long ago. <laughs> we're going to review the Netflix series Narcos all 10 episodes we've watched them all and we will talk about it on the next episode as well as our top 5 TV dramas to partner with our top 5 TV comedies yeah, from the past this episode be list. could be good um, mine will probably be predictable but <laughs> some good stuff on there sweet alright well thanks for listening everyone don't forget to email us theredboxreport at yahoo.com Follow us on Twitter. Send us a tweet or two. We'll respond. I'm at The Order Report. The podcast is at The Red Box Report. I'm at The RBR Joel. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes. Find us on Stitcher and subscribe to our Reddit page, reddit.com slash r slash The Red Box Report. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm on Letterboxd at The Order Report. And as always... Thanks for coming in. As always. (laughs) I was sitting.